from next week, you can enjoy three new Distinct Nostalgia shows every single week. Wednesday is now Distinct Nostalgia Soap Day. Loads of retro soap chat with the actual stars who were there. The regular Distinct Nostalgia program moves to Fridays, with a variety of shows celebrating all our TV and film yesterdays. And then we've got the Distinct Nostalgia Mind of the Month quiz every Sunday from 11. Distinct Nostalgia, three times a week, plus a treasure trove of programmes to listen to anytime at distinctnostalgia.com. And remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. It's over 30 years since the sitcom Birds of a Feather first burst into our lives. The antics of Sharon, Tracy and their man-eating next-door neighbour Dorian became essential viewing throughout the 1990s. The series by Lawrence Marks and Morris Gran was a huge hit and enjoyed a stage life as well as an eventual TV revival. MIM's Ashley Byrne has been catching up with two of the birds, Tracy and Dorian, in lockdown. Enjoy. So it's fabulous to be here with the birds of a feather, two of the birds of a feather, uh, Leslie Joseph and uh, Linda uh, Robson. And of course, birds of a feather is indeed, in many ways, still going strong, isn't it, Sir Linda? It is, yeah, because Leslie didn't know, but it's been repeated on ITV um, Friday nights at 8 o'clock and then again at 8.30. Um, so it's really nice because people in lockdown that haven't seen it before or people that are used to it can have another look and hopefully cheer them all up a bit. But the ITV series, the series that was brought back on ITV most recently, is carrying on as well, is it? More episodes planned? Um, not at the moment. There's no plans at the moment. There was talk of one of me and Leslie in lockdown, um, so uh, Tracy and Dorian in lockdown, but um, we're still waiting to hear on that one. And we've got a while to go in lockdown, haven't we? <laughs> I mean, that'd be fantastic, uh, Birds of a Feather in lockdown, wouldn't it? There's um, a really good, funny episode, or even a whole series to do on that, Um because the characters would just work so well with it. But, you know, it, I mean, when you think about it, we've only been locked down six weeks, so I think people are still planning programmes. It's longer than that. It's more than six weeks. Oh, is it? It could happen. So let's see. Let's keep our fingers crossed. I'd like to do that one. Well, before we talk about Birds of Heather specifically, um, why don't we look a little bit at your own careers before that, first of all? And, uh, Linda, I keep seeing you turning up on Forces TV and talking pictures and all sorts of things in various programmes from the past. Um including um, Shine on a Harvey Moon. You were in that, weren't you? It's because of Shine on Harvey Moon that Birds of a Feather came about. So me and Pauline worked together on Shine on Harvey Moon and I liked the chemistry between us. And so they decided to write Birds of a Feather for us. And they went to see Leslie in a show and they just thought she'd be perfect for Dorian. We all met at the Ritz and uh, we got on sort of straight away, really. It all just sort of gelled and, and still all these years later, we're still like mates and that. So The way I got into it was um, a bit more unusual because I'd done a play called Exclusive Yarns for no money at a place called the Good Luck Theatre in Covent Garden. And uh, we transferred to the comedy and uh, I invited Lawrence and Morris, who I'd done a sitcom with called Roots, which didn't take off, but it was good. And I thought they could come along and use the writers. So they kept, actually, Lawrence didn't come, Lawrence came. And I always remember because Anne Charleston from Neighbours was in my dressing room having a glass of champagne. Met she used to be Madge. 
And Lawrence said to me, do you fancy doing a sitcom? And I said, well, send me an episode, darling. I mean, I don't know. And they sent me two episodes and then I rang up and said yes. And then that was it. But I always remember, I can't remember if it was you or Linda that, do you remember, uh, you or Pauline, do you remember put um, bubbles in, um, water into the bubbles, into yeah, the champagne? Yeah, a bottle of pink champagne and the wine waiter brought it over and me and Pauline poured sparkling water. Neither of us like champagne, so we poured sparkling water into it and the wine waiter was absolutely <laughs> devastated. <laughs> but I can, I think Pauline was wearing trainers, wasn't she? And I don't think you're supposed to wear trainers in the rings either. We didn't know the dress code in those days, so we just turned up in our casuals, I know. I remember you looked very smart, though. I can't remember anything. But, um, yeah, so it was it was my way of getting into it was very unusual. And had I not invited them both to come and see me in this play, it might never have happened. And it wouldn't be Birds of a Feather without Dorian, would it, love? No, it love. wouldn't be without Dor. So that's where it came from then. The nub of it came from Shine and Harvey Moon. They seen you two working together and thought that the chemistry was so good that it it could work as a separate series. We're underrunning in one of the episodes and they said, we'd like you two to improvise a little bit. And we did. We did a little bit of improvisation and they just said, you work so well together that we're going to write something for you. And then it took probably about two years. And then they invited us to lunch and they said, there's two sisters. One lives in a high rise in Edmonton and one lives in a like a mansion house in Chigwell. And Pauline went, I know which one I am. And uh, and that was it, really. And then they told us about Dorian and they said, let's all meet up for lunch. And we did. And, uh, yeah, that was in 1989. Just a little bit about your career before Birds of Feather, Leslie. I mean, you go back a long way. You did things like Godspell. Well, I love theatre, you see. I mean, mine was mainly in theatre with lots of bits of television. I and mean, we did exclusive yarns for television. Um but um, I think a lot of it was in theatre because I, I always wanted to be a really serious actress. I mean, I gave up dancing when I was sort of 12 or something and and a half my career has been in musicals. I mean, as soon as I left drama school, I was straight into understudying in a review and then I went into The Boyfriend and it was nearly all musicals from the word go. And that's what I really loved um, and still love. And that's what, you know... If you probably had to choose, I'd, I'd do musicals for the rest of my life. The last one I did, well, I did Calendar Girls and Annie last year, but did Young Frankenstein with Mel Brooks in the West End, which was... And got nominated for a... An Olivier, yeah. But that was probably one of the highlights was that. So, you know, probably that wouldn't have happened without Birds anyway, because everything bounces off other things. You know, something like Birds means people then know who you were. And I know when we finished, we used to do about six months, didn't we, Lynn, in the first, yeah. in the first series? Oh, yeah. We used to do 15 episodes. And at one time, it was going out to people, oh, my goodness, over 20 million people because there weren't I all the cable one, channels. One Christmas special, we got 27 million viewers. Oh, it can't have been that much, Lynn. It was, honestly. It was. I think it might have been our first Christmas special. That was one but of my favourites because that was the one when I got you two off on the boat and I always remember it went into slow-mo and you two had balloons and you let them go and they went off really slowly and I was wearing leopard skin waving you. remember what it said? It said Bon Voyage, and we had them the wrong way round, and it said Voyage Bon. <laughs> so it was 1989, as you reminded us uh, there, Linda, of course, a long time ago. And, of course, back in those days, as Leslie says, um, you made many more episodes, you know, back in the 1970s. I mean, it was crazy. Some of the some of the comedies in the, in the 70s made uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And, of course, um, you know, that kind of regime, that kind of workload, it is hard work. Well, it nearly got taken off the air, the first series. Um, it went out the first night 
And I think Leslie, uh, Pauline used a word beginning with B and ending with D, um, and there were some complaints about it. There were about 200, I think. Yeah, there was about 200 complaints, and it was basically they didn't think that women should be swearing on television, even though her husband was cheating on her and she found a pair of knickers in his glove compartment. But you have to remember as well that other than the Liver Birds, I don't think there'd ever been a programme or a sitcom that had the leads as three women. So it was quite revolutionary in that way and really brilliant because... People always said, oh, there's always, if you have a, a TV series in a boardroom, there's always lots of men and then there's the token older woman and the younger woman and the mother. And the, But this was three women um, who were starring in a sitcom and that that was very revolutionary for the time. So, I mean, I think that also, wow, and people watched it and then suddenly one of them swore. And then I think that made everybody tune in for the next episode, didn't it, Lynn? Yeah, um, and then... We also, I mean, we tackled subjects that had never been like tackled before yeah. in sitcom. We did one on testicular cancer. We did one on abortion. Um, we did quite. We did skin cancer as well. In one well, that was quite episodes. far down the line, though. I think at the beginning yeah. it was much more setting up their lives because you know the first one I think took place in Anne Summers' party in was it your house? It wasn't my house, my was house. it? It was in your house, my mansion. Your mansion. And Dorian always made the entrance knocking at the door or not knocking at the door, knocking and peering through the glass. Um, so you had to, for probably the first couple of series actually, wasn't it, where you set up the family dynamics and also got to know the characters. And then, and I think the thing was with these characters that people sort of loved them. It was, it was funny. They identified with them. Everybody, there was one character or more than one that people identified, didn't they, Lynn? They were Essex girls. It was yeah. Thatcher time. Everybody was, it was all about Essex. You know, it was before all the reality shows came in with Essex girls. And we were the sort of three first Essex girls. And I was, you know, how you identify Essex girls. And then Lynn was as well. And then Pauline moved to Essex from the East End. And so that's, we started all the Essex thing, really, didn't we? Yeah, we were there first. And, of course, in a way, like any good sitcom like Porridge or other ones like that, um, which came before Birds of a Feather, like any good sitcom, there was a lot of light and shade, wasn't there? You weren't just, uh, you know, having a laugh for the sake of it. It could be quite serious as well. I mean, you mentioned the things that you tackled, but, you know, what I mean is, you know, you cared for the characters, didn't you? It's really important to understand that they had some depth, as it were. Really, we didn't sort of treat it like a sitcom, did we? No. We treated it more like a dramedy. So it, it, we'd never do something just for the laughs. And it was, it was interesting as well because the, the, the writers were very open to us putting our ideas in and very often you would get an ending to something or there was a scene in the middle and we'd say, well, I wouldn't say that. I would Because we got to know our characters so well. Um, I mean, th they were like second skins, you know. I mean, obviously it was two men writing, well, four men writing it and we just thought they won't really know much about menopause and whatever. So we insisted... Um, that there were tweezers and there was HRT patches and that all around the house, even though you never mentioned it. Like there was one scene where I was just sitting in the kitchen plucking my chin and Sharon walks in, Dorian walks in, Gareth walk, Agarth walks in, Travis walks in and no one mentions it because they're so used to seeing her plucking her chin. Um, so a, a lot of women could relate to that. Um, like they'd never do something like that on an American comedy. They're all too sort of precious about how they look and everything, whereas we weren't afraid to... To show the real us. So if Birds of Feather was starting out today, do you think it would work? I mean, because, you know, in a way we've changed a lot, haven't we? We're a much more conservative and some might say 
little bit more prudish society than we were uh, 30 years ago. I mean, do you think birds of feather starting out today would work? I think you could start it off today. I mean, I don't think this goes that far. I think this is based on real characters and I don't think there's anything gratuitous there at all. There's no gratuitous sex or violence or bad language. It, it comes out of the reality of three people and their families and the people they meet. And I don't I don't think, um, I think it would be fine today. I think there's a lot more that, that is said. If you look at some of the shows that go on now, I think they are much ris- more risque than this. I think, I think personally that it's aged really well. Like now and again you catch an old episode and you think, well, actually that could be now, you know, like, I mean, I know we've changed, we've aged a little bit, but in general I just think it's aged really, really well. But the chemistry was always there, wasn't it? I mean, I know that you know Pauline and, and you, Linda, had known each other for a long time. But when you go back to those early episodes, you know, it, it feels that the chemistry was there between all three of you from the very beginning. That you know, these were we were eavesdropping on three women that knew each other really well. It was three people who got on well, but also it was three actresses who knew how to play comedy, and I think that was so important that. You know, we always used to love it. We'd read through. When we got on our feet on the studio floor, you you thought you knew where the laughs were going to come because most of the time until latter days, we had an audience. And uh, if the laugh didn't come then, then you could always see the technique of the other person you were doing the scene with, duck and dive round it and maybe get a laugh on the next line. And it was always really interesting, wasn't it, Lynn? That the, the one thing it, it we was. knew how to do was how to time round each other's delivery. And also that the audience got to know the character so well that they'd be ahead of us sometimes. I mean, it'd just take a look sometimes and the audience would be falling about. Um and they did an outtake show. We had so many outtakes and so many... There was one, I mean, I can't remember which one it was. I think we must have done about 30 takes on some of the... Because uh, if we go corpse, which means you laugh out of character when you're doing a scene, we'd go completely. I mean, we were hopeless. I can't remember. Oh. I think it was the Sunday bloody... No, it was, it was the one about the cleaner where you said, oh, I know, I'll be the cleaner... And I'll come yeah. in and I, that one. I can't remember what the actual storyline. It was when I was the um, the author and right. uh, I was selling it and, and you said you'd be the cleaner and you'd hang around and we just could never get through. I mean, we tried, I think, 13 times we, on one scene. One director in particular used to come out and just give us the evils because we couldn't get it back once we'd started laughing. And the terrible thing was if you did that, it made us worse. I mean, and once, and the the thing is, when you know somebody really well, and you're on the studio floor, I could look in Linda or Pauline's eyes, and I could see they were going. I could see the twinkle starting, and I think, uh oh, any minute now, we're just going to go. There's there's absolutely no point in carrying on this scene, and then we'd start no. laughing, and that would be it. It was, and the other thing that I found that with it, we had some people when we moved to ITV who'd been with us since the beginning, lighting directors, cameramen. I mean, weren't they, Lynn? We'd got people... Yeah, we started off with just a couple of lamps, didn't we? By the end of it, we had Battersea Power Station. (laughs) Every time you opened the cupboard, there was a light there and a light here. I know, yeah. We used to do... Honestly, it was... And you remember the big arc lights they used to have at the bottom? You used to have these little lights and then we'd go and sit in a scene and there'd be huge, literally huge lights sitting there. In the last series, we had lanterns, didn't we? (laughs) We had the little lanterns. We did. Distinct comedy. Fresh and original. Hello, officer. I want to report a robbery. 
A new series about the secret world of nocturnal security. Yeah, I ordered a Chinese from the Golden Moon and they forgot to send me a can of Coke. A distinct comedy presentation. Well, yeah, I consider it an emergency. I'm gasping here. That idiot on the day shift stolen the last of my flicking tea bags. Barry Pigeon protects. Well, I'm telling you, if you lot don't sort this out, it's going to be like big trouble in little China down here. Follow the exploits of Barry Pigeon, the best night security guard in Chorley, as he discusses everything from his wife... She was too big for Zumba, so she signed up for Bumba. It's like Zumba, only they just sit on their ass and flap their arms around a bit. ...to his favourite food. I love eggs, bloody love them. Poached, scrambled, fried, <laughs> scotched, cream. I love them all! From Andrew Birtwell and Kurt Brooks, starring Roe David McClelland, and guest-starring Royston Mayo and Bruce Jackson. Columbo meets Sherlock, that's me. Barry Pigeon protects. I know what people think about this job, but it's not all sitting on your ass, drinking brews and watching Challenge TV. Uh, I sometimes bring a book as well. Watch now at distinctnostalgia.com. Dear Miss Jones, may I call you Clementina? Firstly, may I say how nice it was to meet you in the park yesterday. Distinct Comedy presents Letters from one Border Terrier pup to another. Apparently, socks that cannot accommodate toes because they have large holes where said toes should be fail to fulfil any real purpose. Based on true events seen through canine eyes. I now know that I'm definitely afraid of both heights and, not surprisingly, of big ladies. Dear Clementina, new episodes every Thursday. Available to listen now at distinctnostalgia.com. Sincerely yours, Stanley Burke. Woof! Staying well, staying home. Let Life Rooms Online help you exercise. So when you're ready, we're going to start with hamstrings. So just push those hips backwards and just let that body hang down. You should feel a nice stretch of your hamstrings. Cook healthily. As you can see, what I've done is I've chopped up some peppers, some onions, tomatoes. Because it's cooked so quickly, it's great. We can do whatever we want. With listening. Alexa, play Distinct Nostalgia. Tell us about those two guys. We're talking about David Ellis and, and the guy who played George Parrish. What were they like to work with? Delightful. <clears throat> quite funny, weren't yes. they? Very wry sense of humour. David <clears throat> was quite shy, wasn't he? Or just talking. Well, the phone service is there ultimately to chat to people. We want them to feel supported. But we can also offer signposting advice as well in lots of different areas. You can call us anytime, Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. The number to call us is 0151 478 6556. Life Rooms with Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Find us on YouTube or go to liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home. Now, the characters are interesting, aren't they? Because I think a lot of people can identify with them. And I know quite a lot of people who have characteristics of those characters. Some have several characteristics of of, of, of the different characters, as it were. Uh, and, and not all women. Uh, often some men as well have got similar characters. I think that's why people used to love it, because... I'd get letters saying, oh, my husband says I'm just like you or um, when I grow up, I want to be like you or I want your clothes or there was always somebody who identified with somebody in the show and therefore they felt they knew and they, they, it, it sort of identified with the audience out there. There was lots of yeah. young men that fancied Dorian as well, wasn't there, there Leslie? Uh, the amount of young men that used to ask me for your phone number... 
If I'd have charged a penny a time, I would be a rich woman now. Well, my favourite episode is the Madonna episode. I knew you were going to say that. That was the, I think it was points of view. That that was the most requested, I think, for the whole year, wasn't it, Lynn, on points of view? That's right. But you know as well, that was filmed at Hammersmith Ballroom, wasn't it? Hammersmith, Hammersmith Palais. Yeah, and me, and me and Pauline never got to see it until Leslie actually did it, and we couldn't believe her on the floor with her legs in the air. And, and in my cupboard behind me, I've still got the dress and the handbag and that went with it, well, and I can still get in it. In fact, I was on a Zoom comp- meeting with somebody the other day, and we were laughing about birds, and I went and put it on and said, there you are. That's how, that's how it looked. So your reaction, Linda, you and Pauline, um, was real. We were like, oh, my God, I can't believe she can do that. It was absolutely hilarious. And who was the bloke that you danced with? He's a favourite. David Grant. Yeah, no, it was so funny, honestly. And listen, in the very first episode, we had Ross Kemp, before he went into EastEnders, he did two lines or something. He was playing a policeman. We had Ray Winston. There was a very funny episode where I went down to meet Chris in the prison on the Isle of Wight and had a Cadbury's flake and was unpeeling it. Only the crumbliest flake is chocolate. And it went into slow motion. And Ray Winston, who's one of our biggest stars, was had two lines or something, didn't he, Lynn? Playing a yeah. prison officer. And he just looked at his face as he watched me sitting there unpeeling the Cadbury's flake. We had lots of people in it who were well known. We had... Um, Liz Fraser. Yeah, we had... What's his name? Who owns the airline? Virgin. Richard Branson. Oh, you joined the Mile High Club. With Richard I don't think I joined it with him, but I think I joined it on that flight, but not with him. And I, I remember sitting next to him, he was reading a paper and um, I sat down there, hello, Dorian Green, what's your name? And he, from behind the paper, he said, Richard, I said, can I call you Dick? And he took the paper away and it was Richard Branson. And then I didn't recognise him or Dorian didn't. And she just patted him and said, don't worry, darling, if you're frightened of flying, I'm, I'll look after you. And, and who else we had? George Hamilton. That's right. We yeah. went to LA. We used to pick, try and pick where we went to our Christmas specials, didn't we? And we had Norman went. We did. George went. George went out of, out of Cheers. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We filmed in LA and all the American actors had Winnie Bagos and we had to change in the toilets. Do you remember? I don't remember that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember George Hamilton and that whole... It was, uh, that was very, and we went, where else do you, Mallorca, Berlin? We went to Spain, didn't we? That was the Mallorca bit, I think. Now, of course, it came back again on ITV in recent years, and uh, I know viewing figures are not what they used to be, but it was, you know, in terms of the amount of people watching television, it was doing exceptionally well again uh, on ITV. And, of course, the programme has also been sold around the world as well, hasn't it? Yeah. I don't really know. I know it's Australia and Canada. And also South Africa. Me and Pauline went to do some... Oh, you went to uh, surf. Africa, yeah. And uh, we were surprised at how many people recognised us out there. Yeah. So it came back to ITV for uh, a couple of series. More than that. We did more than two series. I think it was three. And then we did Christmas specials. And that came about because we did it on stage. It was 15 years and then it was a break of 10 years. But during that break of 10 years, it was always showing somewhere on television. It never went away. And then somebody had the idea of putting it on stage and um, we did it on stage. And then I think we did Richmond and I think the television companies came and ITV snapped it up and we went back on on television. 
we sold out everywhere we went, didn't we? Yeah. We went to Scotland, we went all yeah. over the country and wherever yeah. we went, the tickets went straight away. I mean, yeah. people have got such fond memories and such history with Birds of Feather, haven't they? I think a lot of people would say, I watched it as a child and then when I grew up a bit, I watched it with my children and my granny used to watch it. So there were various generations because it was, it was there was an innocent, it's a bit like Heidi High or... You know, yeah, those yeah. those sort of programmes, there was an innocence about it, although we did deal sometimes with more serious topics. Now, one of the iconic things about the show, of course, is the theme tune, which, of course, is uh, originally you and, uh, and it's focused on you and, and Linda and, and Pauline and, and your childhood, as it were. Uh, that's one of the iconic parts of Birds of a Feather. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I'm not really sure. We had, we had titles for the first series um, that they weren't very happy with. Um, and then so they decided, I think Nick Phillips decided to change the titles, didn't he? And that's where the song came about. And then they asked, would we sing it? And we sat, me and Pauline sang it. Um, well, I sang it quite badly, but luckily they had all the tune and all that in the studio. So they made me sound a bit better than I was. Um, and that's where wherever I got, even now, like you'll be in a supermarket, obviously, with your mask and your gloves on and people would start singing what'll i do when you are far away so it's like one of those tunes that's always going to be they're going to relate that to us aren't they and of course there's those pictures there's great pictures of you two of you as well yeah. well some are kids and some are some are not some are kids that were chosen um but there's a lot of the growing up pictures that are Pauline and Linda from when they were young yeah but the bits at the end where the children run away that they were two little children who were cast because they was going to use my daughter Lauren and Pauline's daughter Emily but they decided they didn't look enough like us so they got two little girls that they thought looked more like the characters and we actually met those little girls and they got children of their own now see 30 years is a long time it's a long time but the, the ITV version, the new version, did actually work. I mean, I was worried that it wouldn't work, being a fan of the programme. I mean, watched it for many, many years and, and then seeing it come back, I was worried, like, you know, a lot of the time they bring things back and it just doesn't work at all. In this instance, it did work and worked uh, very well. I mean, you know, yeah, life had moved on. Uh, you were women of a certain age, but uh, it all gelled together quite well, didn't it? Yes, it's always been very honest, hasn't it, I think, Birds? Um, if there was, any, there was quite a few things that had come up and we'd say, oh, no, we're not doing that, um, if it was too sitcom-y. There was one episode in particular um, where Tracy gets skin cancer and I think at the end of it they wanted to do like the okie-cokie singing, Tracy ain't got cancer. And we said, no, you can't make a joke out of that. It's like it's got to be quite serious. Do you remember that, Les? Yeah, I do. That was like a lot of the things then, if we felt that it was wrong, then we would say, no, doesn't feel right, can we rethink it? And most of the time they really went with us because they knew that we were in the skin of the characters. What about the other characters in the show, the other actors in the show, uh, you know, who were in it for a long time as well? Often we have these kind of conversations, we end up not mentioning those kind of people. But, you know, they they were very important to the programme, weren't they? Yeah, I I think, um, who was it who started? Alan Lewis took over, or did he start it? Alan started it. And Peter Polycarpo started. Oh, no, no, not Peter Polycarpo. It was, what's his name? Chris... David. Chris, David Cardi. David Cardi. David, and then David I think started. David didn't want to do it, did he? I'm not sure why he didn't come back after a couple of seasons. Uh, I think he got a big drama or something. Uh, so. <laughs> and then Peter Bolicarpu so, came in. And then um, Alan Lewis moved to Yorkshire. So he did Emmerdale. 
it was really funny because we 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 tried a few episodes where the boys came home um and the audience hated it it changed the dynamics of the three characters didn't it in the kitchen it was strange having the men in the house for a change so they quickly sent them back to prison and then in the end i don't know in the end they just vanished really didn't they and then in the ITV version, um, what happened? Uh, did your son or Pauline's son play your son? Or explain that to me. Charlie yeah, played my son. Yeah. He did it in the stage um, show, and then he had to audition for it for the series, and he got the part. So him and my son Louis used to share the part, but Louis didn't want to do stage. He's gone into music. As we near the end of the conversation, um, in real life, of course, we're all. Uh, we're all in lockdown still. We're all uh, self-isolating. A lot of people are still self-isolating in different ways. Quite a stressful time. How are you both coping with it all? We're just, we're just having to get on with it, really. Um, so the highlight of my day is driving around and seeing my grandchildren um, or walking around, doing my exercise and walking around and seeing the grandchildren at the window um, and leaving them something on the doorstep. And I'm back to work now. I'm back to doing loose women. Um, so that's been nice to get back. To I get think, back. to be honest, I think a lot of television will gradually go back now. I think yeah. it will go back sooner than theatre. I think television will start because you can socially distance much easier with a crew, with actors. And I think I'm thrilled Lynn's gone back into Loose Women. I mean, it's really good. And also, so, I, I went to visit Miss Joseph one day. Um, we drove up there with my husband and my son, and we saw her at, at the balcony, and we just bought her some goodies around, just some flowers, some tenor ladies, some dye for her hair. <laughs> 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 um, so that was really nice, and she got really emotional, didn't you? I know, and so did I. No, but right. things are fine. Everything's really good. And I'm just looking forward to being able to get back to work, really. But no, this is what it is. <laughs> Leslie should have been doing Sister Act. Yeah. Um, but it would be really good to see the characters come back to do something in lockdown. I mean, how amazing to see, uh, you know, the three of you in lockdown and particularly Dorian, I think. Well, I, I think it would be brilliant because I think it's, it's absolutely what they do best. I mean, our favourite, out of what, 126 episodes or something, one of my favourite episodes ever when it was just the three of us and we ended up driving to a Sunday market and uh, it was a garage and the shutters come garage. down. And, and we got hungry and then we started talking about eating each other. And it was, I, I think it was one of the best ever. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, this would be absolute because you could do something like this. You don't need to have lots of characters. You could almost do it on Zoom. You know, it it would be absolutely brilliant. So I would love to do an episode in, in lockdown. I think it would be brilliant. Well, they've done those isolation stories. Have you seen those, Les? Yeah. They're really good, yeah. the way that they've yeah. been done, yeah. So what message have you got for people who are listening who are self-isolating at the moment, you know, uh, on their own probably? You know, lots of people, of course, have got, you know, in couples or families or whatever, but there are a lot of people on their own. It must be particularly difficult at the moment. Have you got a message for them? It, it will get better, and I just think do as much exercise as you can, think positive, um, you know, I don't know, do what whatever makes you happy and just get through each day, step by step, day by day. Um, and ring people and have a chat and yeah. to talk to people. It always makes me feel better when I get off the phone. And, and that's what Zoom is so amazing for, that, you know, you yeah, can yeah. see people. It's like FaceTime. I mean, if you think back to the pandemic when it happened with um, 1918 with the Spanish flu, they couldn't pick up FaceTime and speak to people. They, you know, they didn't know what people were doing on the other side of the world. They didn't have mobile no. phones. They didn't have, you know, all the things that we have now. Um, yeah. So we're in a much better position than that. And now the whole world is is working for a vaccine. 
And um, these characters will still be in their little houses. So if anybody gets a bit down, a bit forlorn, they need to think uh, and imagine uh, the birds of a feather in lockdown, don't they? Yeah, think of Pauline Pauline Indranesi, think of Sharon Tracy and Dorian in lockdown and ask, put out the vibes to ask for a lockdown episode. Could you imagine Dorian in lockdown? She'd have grey hair down to here. She'd go mad. <laughs> I'd have whiskers down to here. I know, yeah. Linda, Leslie, thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure to speak to you both. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM. And you can hear lots more programmes via the Distinct Nostalgia player. There's Hartley Hare and a Pipkins reunion. So Hartley, nice yes, to meet you. Can I, can I can I shake you can your shake paw? My hand, yes. Is it a paw or well, a it's hand? It's a paw, really. Paw. I call it a hand. <laughs> I remember you going to the dentist. Oh yes, I went to the dentist once. And you weren't very one. happy about it. No, were I wasn't you? very happy about it. I hated it. Corrie and Carry On star Amanda Barry remembers being a children's TV presenter in the seventies. Because it was live, they were always either overrunning or underrunning, so there were mad people waving at you. Mm. I remember one day we were really underrunning, so I hopped on the wall and walked along. <laughs> Oh, I got in such trouble. They said, you are teaching children to walk on walls. We're back in Hartley to meet the original female inspectors from Juliet Bravo. So when you come to do any filming, you've got this skirt on and this jacket and the coat was cold. The hat, the first hat we wore wasn't reinforced. It wasn't a helmet. And I had a handbag. No pockets. There wasn't a single pocket in my jacket. I mean, talk about ill-equipped. And there's even an appearance from Gonzo in our great Muppets reunion. Dr. Gutnick works on me. I've had my nose lifted. I've had, you know, everything fixed. Everything's been lifted. (laughs) These programmes and many more are all available now at distinctnostalgia.com. Get in touch via the Contact Us page on the website. Bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.